The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Craig, and the combine is over. We've got to look at all the guys we could possibly get. Let's see who we got to keep. <laughs> that and more here on show 402. All right, Red and Nation, it's time to lay it down. On today's show, we will have free agent fiasco. I don't know about you, but I'm not feeling a whole lot of warm and fuzzies about Reggie's free agents so far. The Raiders are on a path to the draft. I've seen a lot of talent in the combine. We're going to talk about a few of those players and our needs and our wants and where Veggie might go in this draft. Coliseum City. So far, it's just a bunch of bullshit. A lot of hot air. Gene Kwan. Really? All that and the bone line right here on this show. Stay tuned, cause here we go. Are you excitable? 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 Are you ready for the Raiders in London? You damn straight. Check it out. We got the pre-party planned. The UK Black Hole. Our brothers in London are laying it down. Yes, the party is on. The pre-party is going on. Friday, 26th of September, 2014, 7 p.m. till, get it, 4 a.m. And you know the Raider Nation is going to rock the doggone country. (laughs) This is going to be the event of the decade. Do not miss it. If you're traveling to London to see the Raiders beat up on the Dolphins, Squish the fish, you know what I'm saying. You got to go to this party. The super fans will be up in the house. And of course, our man, the Crusader Raider Keith Smith, rolling out the show for the nation. Tickets are on sale with a special guest appearance by Fred Bolitnikoff, the man. Don't miss this event, man. Get on Facebook, check out UK Black Hole for the details. It's all there. Don't be late. You don't want to be on the outside looking in on this party, folks. And one other note, the NFL is very close to adding two playoff games. Yep, one AFC and one NFC. They haven't voted on it yet, but there's very strong support and building momentum for it. There is definitely no talk about losing another preseason game because, you know, that's all where all the money is for the owners. But we will have a little more action Towards the end of a season, the chance of another team going all the way to the championship is there. As slight as it may be, uh, we'll add some action and a little more fun to the season. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I hope they make this decision and move on. 
let's take a look at Reggie McKenzie's free agent fiasco. There has not been very much noise from Raiders camp on our free agents. So far, the whopping free agents we have signed, Taiwan Jones. Hi, Taiwan. How are you? <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> Good. How What's are you, What's going man? on, Taiwan? Congratulations, man, on the new deal. I uh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's awesome. By, by the way, I was watching you on TV last night. People think that your job is easy. You kind of tried to explain to uh, Coe's, your job's a little tougher than it looks. Oh, yeah, it's a lot tougher tougher than it looks. Um, you know, I didn't realize how much work goes into it and, and, until I was asked to do it. Yeah, you're, in my opinion, there are some good ones in the Bay Area. Kasim Osgood here, Spillman here across the Bay are both really good ones. Uh, I think you're one of the best in football. Uh, tell our audience, are you, are you doubled on just about every single punt? How many punts this year do they single you up? Um, it, it was rare for for them to single me up. You know, some teams did, and I was actually surprised. Uh, one being Denver, but for the most part, I'm usually singled or doubled up, and sometimes they even have a safety back there working for me too. Taiwan Jones is joining us, special team ace. Just signed a, a new deal with the Raiders. John Lund, Greg Poppy here on 95.7 The Game. It had to be important for you because I remember when we were down at the, the facility we talked to you and you just bought a house and obviously you're a local guy before you went off to college to Eastern Washington. How important was it for you to to maintain your relationship and to stay in the Bay Area? Um, you know, it, it was important to me. You know, I, I started here, obviously, with the Raiders, so... You know, to continue my journey here for another few years, and just to know that they want me here, that that was big for me. And again, like you said, I just bought a house here, so you know, it feels good to know you have a little security, knowing that they want you to to stick around. And this is something the Raiders did not need to do. You have one more year on your contract, so so tell me how it went down. Their their the Raiders and the Joey and Reggie contact you and uh, notify your agent. How long were you guys talking about uh, adding the extra years? Um, it, it was going on for about two, two to three weeks. Uh, you know, they told my agent, and he obviously told me. And, uh, they told me they wanted to get it done sometimes around the around the combine, and you know, sure enough, they followed through, and we was able to get some done. So I'm very thankful for that. Uh, how exciting is it uh, after a couple of years now, and, and I know you're not versed in the front office stuff, but you just signed this new deal. The team has a lot of money under the cap. Is there, is there a buzz around uh, the team now to uh, maybe get some new guys in here and get this thing going in the right direction? Um, yeah, but the, you know that was a buzz that's been going on since the, the end of last season. Everybody, everyone knew, you know, uh, obviously we, we we didn't finish like we wanted to, but we still wanted to. You know, everybody wanted to play their hardest and show that they wanted wanted to be there. And, you know, obviously the, the coaches, they took note of that and they watched guys and see how hard they work, even when, you know, it was hard to work, where it wasn't much to work for. So, you know, they definitely trying to change the culture around there, and I think they're doing so. Taiwan, proceeding forward, you're obviously going to be a core special teamer. But, but from scrimmage, you know, you came in as a running back. They moved you to, to corner. And then last year, late in the year, there were so many injuries in the offensive backfield for a couple of games. You went back to, to being a running back, then you went back to corner. Where are they going to play as far as from scrimmage? 
I honestly still don't know. Uh, you know, right now I'm listed as a cornerback, so that's what my focus is. But you never know. And, you know, what my mindset is I, I don't really care. Just wherever, wherever I can play to help the team, I'm willing to do it. And now I'm having just as much fun on both sides of the ball. So, and I'm, I'm here to help out. Right now my main role is special team player, but, you know, I'm going to work to try to be a starter on either side of the ball. How fast did you run at the combine? Um, I didn't get to run at the combine due to a foot injury, but I did do my pro day, and one of the fastest I think handheld times was four two seven four two eight. Oof! I think the official was four three three, though, right? Yeah. Uh, what, what, when Al Davis drafted you, because he never spoke about moving you to corner. Did did he? Was it always to be a running back? Did Al ever talk to you about becoming a cornerback? You know what, um, I actually never got, got a chance to talk or to meet Al, but I was drafted as a running back, and there wasn't too much talk about me being moved to, to a corner. You know, my, my my position was running back. Hey, Taiwan, we were talking a few minutes ago uh, about the potential of the NFL centering on-field language. Uh, is it that bad that it possibly needs to be censored? What What is your thought, having been down on the field obviously quite a bit? Um, I, I don't think that, you know, we should take it that far. Um, you know, my my opinion is a lot of guys express their way their their ways or their selves different ways and, you know, sometimes it may lead to language like that, but I'm sure that there's not too many players taking it in offense. It's just, it's a competitive game and when you're caught up in the heat of the moment, you know, you're liable to say anything. All right, since you are a corner, let, let's talk about the Denver Broncos offense, which is a, a slight impediment in uh, the Raiders' way. Did, did you watch the Super Bowl, Taiwan, and did you get a feel for, obviously they got, they got some good players there and they got a good philosophy, but did you get a, kind of a feel next year how to slow down Peyton Manning and those wide receivers from watching what Seattle did to them? Um, well, you got to get a, a lot of credit to Seattle's defense and what they're doing, but I was I was real shocked and surprised on how that game ter- turned out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you 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 would like to get an idea that if you just be a little more physical and, you know, play the mental games with some of the receivers that, you know, may take them out of the game. You know, that's one reason why I think uh, they shouldn't really worry about the language, you know, used on the field because, you know, that's, that, that comes to an advantage of a defensive player is to get into an offensive guy ahead and, you know, get him off his game. So sometimes there may be a little smack talking here and there, but again, that's just the nature of the game. Mm, good stuff. Taiwan, again, congratulations on the deal. Love talking to you, and uh, we'll do it again real soon. Thanks. All right, thank you. you got congratulations, it. man. There you go. Taiwan Jones, special teams ace and corner. Taiwan Jones. Yeah, that was a pretty good signing, I guess. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think it was decent. We have Trent Edwards, and yes, recently my favorite lineman, the penalty factory named Khalif Barnes. I don't know why they keep bringing this guy back, but he's back, and we're paying him. Meanwhile, 18 other free agents wait for a contract with the deadline of March 3rd, right around the damn corner, and we have nothing. Valdir and Houston could be signed at the last moment. You know, uh, Greg Papa said it that uh, three hours before the deadline, Valdero will get a contract, as will Houston. 
Uh, Jared Valdir is joining us. You can follow him on uh, Twitter at Valdir. Uh, six eight. All right, let's uh, let's get to your situation. I- I- explain what the rules are. You're a free agent now. Is there a window here? How how does it work? Basically, I believe uh, you know nothing really happens until March with any kind of, of windows or deadlines. I just know that I think March third, if a team's going to use a franchise tag, it needs to be by then. Um, so. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping to you know that that some kind of deal happens here soon. Uh, you know, I've expressed you know many times that you know I want to I want to stay here. I really love love the team. I love the teammates, the coaches, and uh, I really feel like this is the, the place for me. And uh, it would just be be good to kind of you know have some urgency and in, in this and move this along so it doesn't creep up to that date where you know maybe something has to happen that that's not in the long term. Yeah, you, you've been outspoken every time you come on with us, you want to come back. And Reggie uh, identified you as one of the guys they want to keep. You know how this works, though, Jared. You're going to sign your deal, a long-term deal, on March the 2nd, 10 minutes before <laughs> you can be franchise tagged, right? Yeah, so uh, you know, I'm staying, staying patient, but at the same time, uh, you know, a little little bit of urgency from, from the other side would, would be nice. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm doing doing my best here, staying patient, staying optimistic, and, uh, you know, everything should should take care of itself here in the end. All right, man. Well, hey, have a great offseason. We hope to hear some news on a, a new contract soon. Obviously, everybody in uh, Raider Nation wants you back, and uh, be healthy, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, I appreciate it. You guys have a good one. You take too. care, Jared. There you go. He's not going anywhere. I swear, if they use that free agent tag on Valdir, it's the biggest mistake, and the buffoonery will continue because he's not worth $11 million, folks. He is a good lineman, but he is not a top five, top eight lineman, not even top ten. And we're not going to pay him top five money. If we do, well, that just shows you where Veggie is. We need we need to sign Jennings, Valdur, Woodson, you know, and Houston. Those are some priorities along with a few other players. Listen, Reggie McKenzie needs to make a base of players here in Oakland we can build from. We need to get some players so that we can add pieces and parts and not keep re-signing people every season. A lot of one-year deals last year, some good, some bad. But it appears to me that Reggie's going to let a lot of these players test the market. We will see a huge turnover yet again on the Oakland Raiders Something I didn't think we needed this year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. We were making progress early in the season, and because we didn't have the depth, faded hard in the later part of the year. Well, I don't know about Reggie's plan. I think it is to have people test water. He's he's supposed to be fairly cheap with the dollar, so we will see. I don't know if that's a good thing. I know we've gone the other direction with Al <laughs> paying everybody three times more than they're worth. So I don't I don't know. Maybe the pendulum has swung just a little too far in the cheap seats, if you know what I'm saying. I do know this. Reggie Budden and some great free agents. And I'm hoping that that's where his expertise is, if there is any, because I'll tell you this, his draft expertise blows so let's just hope we get some free agents we need some help on the defense i know we need a a quarterback we need some things man uh forget josh freeman head case galore michael vick he's old he's gonna break down before the season's over 
We need to find a solution at quarterback. But I think uh, the draft here is not a place to look for it myself. But with that, man, we got to get this free agent rolling. Let's move on, Reggie. Let's go, baby. And that is all I have to say about that. There have been rumblings. There have been grumblings. There have been presentations even. But where is it? I don't know. Where is Coliseum City? Hot town, summer in the city. Back of my neck, getting dirt and gritty. Spin down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. The 88-acre project touted as a, well, a new start for Oakland has been stalled on the rocks because of the consistent buffoonery there in Oakland. Now, I know there's a lot of lip service by Gene Kwan. You are my ambassador, Kwan. Show me the money! (laughs) The de facto mayor of Oakland. She's the only one who's saying anything in the city. Now, the fans have been strong. The fans have been going to her and trying to get something together and trying to get some honesty, which I think is really um, (laughs) a tough effort from, well, anyone. The original project slated at $1.3 to $1.5 billion with a covered stadium roof that retracted was changed several times. Now they were looking around an $800 million uh, situation, most of that being an infrastructure improvement. Now, to the city of Oakland's benefit and to their credit, they did improve the bar transportation from the, uh, the airport to the venue. That is about all I have seen as far as an improvement in that particular area. Now, there were some unknown investors They're supposed to pony up with the cash, and they have, well, they've disappeared or dissipated one or the other. There's been a few investors that have dropped in and dropped out. I do know this. Oakland does have it on their webpage that Coliseum City is supposed to be like some premier development, but I just don't know if the city is able to put it together. And the fact that uh, she keeps saying it is one thing. But obviously, the Raiders aren't getting it. Because Mark Davis came out and said, Oakland's last chance, and I do use the words last chance, is now. I believe Mark Davis has had enough with the buffoonery in Oakland, and I think he's ready to make a move. He said nothing about Los Angeles in his latest statement at the Combine. However, you know, and I know, that this team cannot stay at the Coliseum. It's just not a viable option for an NFL franchise. So Mark is going to have to make some tough decisions if Oakland doesn't get off of their ass and start putting something together. This problem has been going on for years and years, over a decade to be quite honest, and nothing comes through. I understand the frustration of the Raiders organization. However, the frustration will turn into adulation 
If anyone else comes up with some big bucks to take, Oakland, there's been a lot of players in the mix. Los Angeles, Torrance, a lot of people, Ontario. There's been a lot of investors ready to go. And that's in California. I'm sure there's several out as well. So the rumors continue about the Raiders moving. And the less Oakland says, the more the rumors are heard. Let's get it together, Gene. Go on. Pull up something besides a lot of hot air. And let's get the Raiders to stay in Oakland. I'm sick of the buffoonery in Oakland. Get it together. That is all I have to say about that. NFL draft. The Oakland Raiders select, select, select. Well, the Raiders are certainly on the path to the draft. There ain't no doubt about it. Important one, I say hell yes. Reggie McKenzie and the Oakland Raiders are approaching closely and fast the May draft. Now the combine has been over. We've seen the players. We've seen the action. We've seen some talent at all levels, except maybe, in my opinion, the quarterbacks. Uh, You know, this Manziel situation reminds me a whole lot of Doug Flutie or Tim Tebow. Those guys won a lot of games in college, but the possibility of him becoming an NFL franchise quarterback are slim to none. Out of 100 guys his size in the last, I don't know how many drafts 100 guys would be, there's only one guy, you know, you're looking at Drew Brees perhaps, that has been successful. Yeah, we're going to take that chance? I don't know. The great Fred Bolitnikoff joins us here. What would it mean to you and all the Raider greats to have the Raiders get back to being one of the great franchises in the league? Well, it, it would. You know what? It's it's. Uh, it would really give us a lot of uh, give us a, gr- a great big opening of not being so critical, and it would really mean uh, it would mean the world to everybody to really be able to because we we have a great number of guys going to the ball games each and every week, you know that follow the team very closely. You know, if they know it or not, but that there are a great number of guys that live in the area and follow the team each and every week. But uh, we just want to see them win. You know, we want to see them win and uh, have that aura about them that, you know, when they get people down or when they're a little bit behind, that they're able to come back or sustain a lead and keep that lead and just make it more of a lead. And when people leave the stadium, when people leave the stadium in Oakland, or when they leave an away stadium, that team knows that they were in a ball game. Have you been able to watch Johnny Manziel at all? Oh, sure, I watched him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. The, the opinions all over the board on this kid. He's too short, but great playmaker. You know the comparisons. A guy you know well, Fran Tarkington, Doug Flutie. Uh, what, what do you think Manziel's impact will be in the NFL? Well, I, you know what, what he kind of reminds me of. And you never hear that is uh, Joe Montana. That's who I think he reminds me of, and I I feel that, you know, it, it, you know, it, it's tough because you know some of the kid does make plays. Uh, he can't throw the football, 
and he's always been a big impact player on the field and able to have that that something that uh, you look for in players to bring a team back to win, to come up with the play at the right time, no matter how it's done. You know, I've heard so much on, on with the media about, you know, he th- he's thinking run first. Well, you know what? At the end of the day, if you're winning, who the hell cares if he ran eight, nine times or one time? You know, if that's what he feels that he needed to do in the games that he played that I watched, obviously, you know, he did them and it helped win. And if, whatever team he goes to, if he does that with that team, well, it's just going to be a reflection on the kid's a competitor and he's going to do whatever it takes to win. Uh, Bridgewater's another one. Uh, you know him well, a Super Bowl champ, of course, a pro bowler. Joe Thigh's been kind enough to take the time and join us here at 95. Point seven the game, and uh, I know I know you've had a chance to see a little of the uh, of the combine. What what have you thought of the quarterbacks? Well, I, I I thought they were I thought they were decent. They threw the ball pretty well. I don't think you know this is a. I think there are a lot of quarterback. Uh, there are a lot of teams in the top five that need. I think you know they're going to be looking for quarterbacks. I don't know if anybody is going to light the world on fire, say like the Andrew Lux have, or like Robert Griffin the third did in his rookie season, or Russell Wilson. I don't see that in this particular class, but certainly, uh, you know, you've got teams that are going to be looking to start and build a foundation with young quarterbacks. And, you know, I think these guys will be a good place to start. The question will be how quickly will they be able to grow into the position at this level? Joe, we're the home of the Raiders and they obviously are in dire need of a quarterback. Is there a guy that you think is worthy of that fifth pick for them? Well, you know, if, if, if the Raiders had a shot at somebody, I, I I would say it would be, you know, Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not sure whether he's going to be there. I think Johnny Manziel has you, – you just don't know. I mean, and that's part of the problem. Um, you know, the interceptions, you know, the two teams in, at the college level that gave him problems, well, LSU was one, and these were the teams that kept him in the pocket. So, and I firmly believe this, if you have any longevity of success in the National Football League, you have to develop an ability to throw out of the pocket. I mean, you know, you look at the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, Peyton Manning, the greatness that he has, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, who has mobility but yet makes his living out of the pocket. You can talk about the top guys in this league at the position. And all of them have the ability to throw the ball out of the pocket. That's the one question I have about Johnny. You know, the Royals kid out of U, uh, UCF, I watched a couple of games during the year, and his mechanics scare me a little bit. And, you know, I just don't see anybody where you say, wow, we have to have this guy and, and we're going to hang our hat on him. I think there are some good quarterbacks who can develop. But, uh, you know, I think the Raiders have to look at their organization and look at, look at the players around the position. And this, this is something I constantly try and remind people. The quarterback position is the single most dependent position on the field. Now, I get, I get a little sideways when people say, well, this player is just a game manager. That's our job. You know, people forget the job description of a quarterback is to manage the game, manage the offense, stay out of bad situations, try and prevent the big mistakes. That, that's good management. Uh, and, uh, you know, are you, can you find a guy in the, in the first five? I think, what, the Raiders pick fifth? Yeah, fifth. Yeah, I think, I think they're – it depends on what happens up front. You know, Houston, 
you know, could possibly now go the defensive route if they like Case Keenum down there in Houston. Um, do you want to go after a young guy? Then you got two young guys on your roster with no veterans. Uh, you certainly think the Browns, and I think Brian Hoyer, to be honest with you, um, is going to be a heck of a quarterback out in Cleveland. I don't see them having to make that kind of a move uh, anywhere. And so you could have a shot to get one of the, the better ones in this bunch. I like A.J. McCarron, to be honest with you, too. I don't think, you know, just because he played at Alabama, um, I watched him throw the football. I mean, we've seen a lot of football. I watched him throw the ball down the field. You know, he could be the next, like, Carson Palmer before Carson got his knee hurt. I think A.J. McCarron has that kind of ability. He's, he's one of the guys that I would get excited about. Uh, and Teddy Bridgewater being the other one. The other guys, I just, you know, I can't get my arms around them. You're a Washington guy. You've seen a lot of RG3. That first year when he burst onto the scene, if the Raiders somehow believe that Johnny Football could give them that type spark, they can't pass on Johnny, can they? I don't think they can, but here's the problem. He doesn't have Robert's speed. He doesn't have Robert's size. Robert's 6'2", almost 6'3". He's 222 pounds. You know, I spend a lot of time with Robert. We spend a lot of time visiting a tremendous young man. He doesn't, uh, Johnny doesn't have that kind of speed. And, and ask Alex Smith how fast defensive ends are in this business. I mean, Robert Mathis in the playoffs ran him down when he was trying to escape. Johnny's not going to get away with this entertaining run around, make plays like we saw in college. And, and I still think he was the most entertaining guy in college this year. Probably could have won the Heisman again this year because of the way he played. But this is a whole other world. This is a world of discipline. This is a world of being able to throw the ball down the field. I like to touch on the football for him. I think, I think he'll create a sense of excitement around the organization. And, and I think he'll be a good pro. I think all these antics and everything. And, and by the way, he'll, he'll actually be able to say that he accepted money instead of lying about it. Um, well, somebody got the money. Let's put it that way for signing memorabilia. Uh, so this is a good thing for him so he can go forward in, in a professional way. But I, I really feel like, you know, are you, here's the question, guys. This is what I would ask you and the fans out there. Are you drafting them because of the entertainment and the improvisational abilities, or are you drafting him because of his quarterback skills? Well, I want the entertainment, Joe, but they got to win. I know you do. <laughs> Who doesn't? You know, I mean, Brett Favre will give you both. But, uh, I, you know, the, I just don't – I guess that's why I wanted to see him throw. Yeah. You know, I mean, he would have – I think he could have answered a lot of questions by throwing the football. You know, what do you, what do you look like compared to the other guys? I, I, just, don't, I just don't get it where he's, oh, don't, don't throw it to combine, don't throw it to combine. Why not? It's your job. I'd be like saying to you guys, listen, I want you to do a radio show. We're thinking about having you guys do a particular show, but we don't want you to talk. Joe Theismann, our guest here at 95.7 The Game. But So let's say you're a GM and a guy says, I'm not throwing. I mean, ultimately, you're going to see him at his pro day. You're going to yeah. see him at his work. Like that, Does that bother you? Because it seems like there was a, a school of thinking that was uh, once upon a time, well, he, he's not competitive enough. Now enough guys have done it that it doesn't seem like you can, you can mark a guy down for it because then you wouldn't draft a quarterback. No, I, what I was saying, this was, pure, this was purely personal for me. I yeah. wanted to see him throw. I mean, I don't think, if you're a GM, you're going to interview him. You're going to talk to him. You're going to study umpteen amounts of tape 
Uh, you're going to see him in game action. You're going to see him at his pro day. You know, now with the draft being pushed back to May, you've got plenty of time to assess and look at what you need to. I just, from my personal feelings and, and you know, getting excited about what he did in college and, the, and all the excitement that he brings to the game and the athleticism that he has, I wanted to see him do the one thing that you have to do in our business. And, and I, you know, this was, the, this was a chance for guys like me, I guess you could say, that watch the game, stay around the game, um, but don't do it like a general manager. I would like to see him throw. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's my personal feeling. I don't think it, it weighs either way as far as whether you take him or don't take him. But I'd love to see him throw. Should Russell Wilson's success impact the way we look at uh, Johnny Manziel? No, not at all. Not at all. Because um, Johnny Manziel is probably not going to have the football team around him that Russell Wilson has. A great running back. Tough wide receivers. I mean, nobody talks about the great catches and runs that these receivers made in the Super Bowl for him. Um, the defense they have. They have the number one defense in football. So, again, like I said, most dependent position on the field. I think Russell has better speed than Johnny. I think he's quicker to get away than Johnny. Um, I don't know, you know, I, I think Russell has, Russell has a terrific arm to throw the ball down the field. I don't know what Johnny's looks like. I have, I, as much as I, I think the kid has really got a chance, I have just as many questions to wonder if he can. Uh, you know, these quarterbacks aren't like the quarterbacks of, well, even last season. Just have to look and see what the possibilities are. I like Derek Carr. Lewis Riddick, former NFL uh, personnel man, does a great job uh, with uh, ESPN. Follow him on Twitter at L Riddick ESPN NFL Insiders and uh, Sports Center all week. He was in Indianapolis and he joins us now. Hi, Lewis. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing Good. great, man. Soaking up the combine. You got to you got to stay dialed in because there are some good performances going off today. Yeah, we see all the on-field stuff. What, what? How do the the interview process? work they uh, each team has 15 minutes i heard bill polian talk and he said he would never conduct the interviews himself he would have a a psychologist interview the players typically how does the nfl teams interact with the player at the combine yeah you have informal interviews and then you also have formal interviews and the formal interviews are the ones that take place in designated uh like mini suites at a hotel called the crown plaza in downtown indy where every team has a big sign outside their room, and you pre-schedule times to interview players as they're in town, and you have 15 minutes, and then a horn blows. A horn blows to signify the start. There's a guy who stands like in the middle of a big concourse with a big air horn to start the interview, and then you can go for. And I believe they give you a two-minute warning. I believe it is. At like 13 minutes, they'll give you a double blast of one of those loud air horns, and then at 15 minutes, it goes. If they blast it again, it lets you know he has to leave. And then inside there, you could have everywhere from an owner to a GM to a president, uh, position coaches, uh, personnel directors. Some places have very few people. Some people have a lot. Some people have sports psychologists. Some people uh, allow their head coaches or their position coaches or even their scouts do the interviews. Some teams have a big grease board where they diagram different defenses and ask them or rather ask players to diagram defenses or offensive plays. Other teams have uh, film set up in there. Mm. Some teams don't use film. So it, there's, there's many different ways that you can utilize that 15 minutes. It's just important that you have a definite plan for every player because you can't waste those 15 minutes. And, and if you know going into it how prepared these kids are ahead of time, 
If you just ask standard stock questions, they're going to give you standard prepared stock answers that their agents prepared them for, and you get nothing out of it, and you wind up going, I didn't find out anything about the kid besides him that he knows how to say yes, sir, no, sir. Interesting. Louis Aritica is joining us, former NFL personnel executive now with ESPN, getting us behind the scenes on the combine, which, of course, the offensive players over the weekend and now the defensive players are out there or were out there earlier today. Uh, we were talking quarterbacks earlier, specifically in mind with the Raiders at number five. Uh, of the big three, uh, and we had asked you this a while back when you were there and you hadn't seen these guys as much as you would have liked, but obviously Manziel is there, Bortles is there, and Bridgewater is there. What are your opinion on those three guys specifically? Oh, well, I would probably say Bridgewater. Bridgewater is the best of that group from a traditional sense, meaning a kid who has operated both from under center and in the gun, a kid who shows that he can he can read defenses have and make full field reads as far as uh, his passing progressions are concerned, make plays under duress, escape outside the pocket, make plays on the move. It was a little disappointing that he decided not to do anything in Indy because he really had no reason not to. Um, I, I think if he's that good, it would have showed up anyway. Um, and then after that, I mean, Johnny, I would probably put Johnny second personally because of how dynamic he is as far as being a playmaker, a guy who can move the chains in various different ways. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting for everyone to get a chance to see him work more traditionally, meaning execute three, five, seven-step drops and really go through things in a pro type of manner instead of always being in the pistol or the gun and using what some quarterbacks call coaches call a rocker step, which means just catch the ball, take one step, and fire it like he does. And then uh, everyone's really high on Blake Bortles. I'm not very high on him. I haven't been since I watched him during the regular season. I think he is a maybe one to two progression max type of quarterback at this point. I think a lot of his passes were short in variety, a lot of rocket screens, a lot of uh, a lot of catch-and-run situations where his receivers made him look good, and then they had a very strong running game with Storm Johnson. And then at the Combine, I thought really A.J. McCarron, I thought was the best guy to throw the ball here as far as doing all the things that you want to see a pro quarterback do. I thought, Blake, I, I watched the workout with a with an offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, good friend of mine. And when Blake threw the football, you saw a guy who wasn't really whipping it with arm action. It was, I've got to put all of my upper body into this and really kind of really exert myself to get the ball where I wanted to. And we both noticed it. We both looked at each other like, hmm, that's interesting. So you're talking about a guy who's 6'5", you know, whatever he is, 230, 235. It's not... The ball doesn't come out of his hand the way you would expect a quarterback of that size for the ball to come out of his hand. Now, Bill Walsh always said it's not about throwing the ball. It's about how do you pass the football. You don't have to have a great arm. You have to be able to pass it, though. Well, from a passer standpoint, he's very young. He's very young in terms of his developmental progression. So I don't see a top-five quarterback. I don't, see, I don't see a guy who's going to help you right now for sure. And it's scary to me whenever people say, well, all they need is development. You know, not everybody develops. It's not a given that automatically a young kid who's raw all of a sudden becomes a star player. And I think his developmental curve in that respect is a lot steeper than the other guys. And, I mean, I haven't even mentioned Derek Carr, who I happen to love. I like him. You like him him better uh, than Bortles? I wouldn't put Bortles in that group, personally. So you'd put Carr third over Bortles? Yes, I would. 
Uh, I've seen I've seen Derek Carr work in a pro style offense in 2011 when he was in Fresno when Pat Hill was still there. And if you watch, if you go back that far and you watch some of that film, that kid can do it all. He can do it all, and he has a great head on his shoulders. And he's been trained the right way. Now he's gone into a more spread offense the past two years at Fresno. But Derek Carr is is much better than people give him credit for. There's a few in the I would draft later on. But honestly, I believe that he should do what he did last year. We don't have a base of players. We have a lot of free agents. He should just trade down and get more picks. There are a lot of great players hidden here in this draft. Position players, defensive linemen, defensive players. There's there's some great wide receivers. Vic Tafer with us. He's uh, been at the Combine there. And Andy, Vic, how about what the Raiders saw this weekend that, that they liked? What impressed them at the Combine, do you think, Vic? Well, the big thing, big thing for them is quarterbacks, obviously. They need one badly. They've done all their research. They met all the top guys. They, they liked Bridgewater and Manziel a lot. They, I think the sense is that at five, if you get a quarterback, you have to be a guy you love. So I'm not sure at this point they love any of these top three or four guys. They like them. But I think at this point, they're probably still leaning in the direction of getting the best player available. They have so many needs. You don't want to reach for a quarterback and not totally convinced we're your franchise guy. So I'm thinking at this point, that's still the way they're thinking. Vic, I know that at one point you expressed the, the thought that Bridgewater might be the only guy that Reggie McKenzie would be sincerely interested in taking in the first round out of the quarterback group. Do you still feel that way? Yeah, I meant, I think, at, at five. I mean, if they could always trade down and get Derek Carr, I, I meant at five, I thought he was the one guy they really would have a hard time passing on. And the reason is, he's the most accurate of those first bunch of guys, which is their big thing for, for Greg Olson, Dennis Allen. It's all about accuracy and making your, your right progressions and your reads and getting to the right guy, which was a problem last year with Terrell Fryer. So I think that's a key thing for them, looking for accuracy and, and poise in the pocket. And I think he's the best guy as far as, as that goes. Vic, the Raider needs are so varied and so great, as, as you point out. Do you think they'd even think twice about taking Sammy Watkins with a fifth pick? They like Watkins. Watkins is an explosive player. He's obviously um, going to be a big-time player in this league. But the problem there is that a receiver, especially this year, so many guys, the great, great class of receivers in this draft. So do you really want to take a guy at five and you get a guy who's pretty good at the second round or third round even? So I, I think that's a hard leap to make. If there's no fault of Watkins, I think there's just so much talent at that position. I'm not sure you can go there at five if you're the Raiders. There's some great defensive backs. I I know that franchise quarterback is what the Raiders need. But what we need more of still is good football players. We just don't have enough at any position. Offensive line, defensive line. I mean, you guys know where we are. We've got a punter. <laughs> I mean, really. What about the idea of taking one of those elite offensive linemen? If things shake the way they probably will with quarterbacks gone and Clowney gone, who, by the way, is towing the line for his second run at the 40. (laughs) I got him going 3-9 this time, Vic, but I digress. What about the idea of the Raiders taking one of those elite tackles with the number 5 pick? It could happen. Obviously, the top three guys had a great day yesterday, so I think, uh, obviously, if that's the best guy on their board, they take him. I think, though, if it's not a quarterback, the guy to look at is – is Khalil Mack a pass rusher? Because they're definitely their biggest needs for impact players are quarterbacks and pass rusher. And Mack so far, we'll see how he does today, but so far Mack has been, uh, there's been a lot of buzz around him with his combine and like the senior bowl. So I think 
he's a guy that may get five if he does well today and looks like he's explosive pass rusher that they think he is. Vic, I know you're there. You're doing your work. Uh, these guys are, you know, paying very close attention to all of the measurables and all the numbers. With that said, in your experience, where's the combine factor in versus, for example, game film? Um, it's tough because I think the combine is all about um, developing an instinct on a guy. You want to meet a guy, talk to him, see how he handles things. So it's more about kind of these scouts and GMs trying to get a gut feeling on a guy. Like, is that guy really the guy I want to go with? So it's more like you know, face-to-face. you got 15 minutes with a guy. Just kind of get a, a feel of what kind of guy it is. If he's his work ethic, you ask him the questions you want to ask him. So it's important. A lot of the game film is probably more important because that's what the talent is based on. But still, you want to get a feel for a guy and make sure he's a guy you're comfortable in and making a pick on. How does the Combine then treat Johnny Menzel, who, you know, a lot of talk over the weekend about his numbers, his great 40 time, but still the chatter about him being undersized. Did the Combine help him out at all? It did. He went a good time. I think he's in the wall in interviews. He's definitely come across as uh, focused and more mature. He knows what his baggage is. Again, though, with him, it's all going to come down to you come here, you meet him, you get the sense of him, but you go back and watch the game from him, and you're going to decide if – the plays he made in college are possible in the NFL against bigger and faster guys. He is small. Sometimes he'll, he'll miss a read or progression, and he won't make the play you have him paper. So that's the tough thing for NFL coaches to realize is, is, is what he can do on the next level close to what he did on the last level. All right, Vic. We appreciate your time very much. Before we let you go, I need you to settle a little disagreement that Dibs and I have. Dibs says this is a ludicrous notion. I still say it's possible that the Raiders sign Josh Freeman, given his connections with the offensive coordinator. Dibs gets angry every time I even laughable, dare to Vic. suggest it. Is, it. is it laughable, the notion that they might sign Josh Freeman? Is that a laughable notion, Vic? No, it's very possible. They're, um, they're going to do the research on him. Obviously, the, the meeting will be key because of the baggage he has and the problems they had last year. But you know, they need a quarterback. If they don't get one in this draft high, they'll have to get one in, in free agency. And the guys they're looking at are Vic. Schaub and Freeman. Those mm-hmm. are the top guys on the list. So I think Dibley, uh, I hate to say it, but it's not laughable. Uh, we I all hate to say it. <laughs> the name you said first, Vic, is the name they're going to bring in Vic. I say they bring in Vic. Whitey says, eh, Josh Freeman. <laughs> Why don't they bring in Michael Vic? Vic? What is he, 33? He's got a history of injuries. I mean, that's the guy you want to bring in? Uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously, at this point, if they're, if they're available, they all have issues. So you got to pick out which guy has the least amount of issues in, in, in your mind. Thank you very much for your time, Vic. We appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the combine. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Take care. See Big you, Vic. For- uh, Lewis, uh, everyone was buzzing today when Jadavian Clowney ran his 40, which ended up to be a 4-5-3. What's your thoughts on him? I mean, he's the polarizing guy on defense. The numbers that he put up today are not shocking. All of the explosive metric- metrics, whether it be the, his 10 time, his 40 time, his vertical jump, were all outstanding. He did run a three-cone which was disappointing. It was disappointing to people watching. It was disappointing to him. He only ran uh, like a 7.27, which for him, or an athlete of his caliber, is not very good. He was not very happy about it. And if you watch him on film, you can see that he's kind of an erect, tightly wound player, and three-cone will kind of expose that because it's a hard change of direction type of drill. So, of course, the naysayers are going to say, well, see, he doesn't have great bend, he doesn't have great this, that, and then, of course, there's going to be people who – Question is work ethic. Question is uh, intrinsic motivation. I talked to Lorenzo Ward this morning, his defensive coordinator at South Carolina. And you're, go- you're always going to get all sides of it. And Lorenzo said, look, this is a kid who was double and triple teamed all the time, has the weight of the world on his, soldier- soldier- uh, on his shoulders, not just from his team, 
but from the university, from his family, from the country. That's a lot for a young kid like that to handle. He handled it as best he can. Does he need to improve some things? Sure he does. But this is a young kid. Again, structure is going to be very important for him. Having people that can keep him dialed in and keep from pulling at him and pulling him in a thousand different directions is going to be very important. But there's no question, he is a special, special special-looking kid now. You just, you just got to make sure you help him, not put too much on him, but actually help him and don't rely on him to save you and your program and your team. Great stuff, Lewis. Always enjoy it. Uh, great stuff on uh, ESPN. And again, follow Lewis at L. Riddick ESPN. Thanks a lot, Lewis. No problem. Thanks, guys. Thank you, you man. Great, great stuff. stuff. Joe Theismann, our guest here at 95.7 The Game. Well, we'll get you out of here on this. The guy, Jadavion Clowney, that has created a lot of buzz, obviously, not just in college football, but now in the National Football League. He's been compared to Lawrence Taylor, a guy you have a lot of experience no around. Way. I, I can stop you right yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, can you, can you, you know, elaborate it's, it's, on oh, that? Oh, it's like, well, here's the next Michael Jordan. Oh, here's the next Lawrence Taylor. There's one Michael Jordan. There's one Lawrence Taylor. First of all, Clowney's much bigger than Lawrence Taylor. Um, and, and I watched him. I watched some of the stuff he did in college. Now, he, he's a big target for tackles to block. I, you know, I... I think he's a terrific athlete. Maybe I am completely out to lunch on this, but I think people are going to be able to block him fairly easy. He's a big, lanky, tall guy, and it depends on how people want to use him. You know, don't discount the tackles in our business in the National Football League. Um, he's, a, he's going to be a young guy who has a quick step, but there were, there were things that I watched when he was in college where, I went, yeah, that's average. There are other things he did. I went, whoa, that's something. So I wouldn't compare him to any, not, no, don't do that to Lawrence Taylor. It's unfair to both of them to even mention him in the same breath at this stage. At Theisman7 on Twitter, by the way, as well, Joe Theisman. Joe, really appreciate the time. Good to talk to you again, and uh, hopefully we can do it again. Thanks, guys. You thanks, thanks a lot, Joe. The Raiders are in a place where they need to build their foundation right now. Reggie's had three, this is his third season of drafting. Let us not forget we gave the number five pick this year to the Seattle Seahawks for Matt Flynn. Let me say it again, Matt Flynn. My stomach turns every time I see his name or hear it. What a waste of money and certainly a waste of a draft pick for a guy that is less than a popcorn fart. I've said it before, and I will say it right now, that Reggie McKenzie's job is on the line this year for sure. If Mark Davis doesn't see that and lets this buffoon get away with another year of lost draft picks and terrible free agent signings, well then... He gets everything he deserves. Mark's stance is no more excuses. Well, I think we're all on the same damn page there, Mr. Mark Davis. The Raider Nation has had it with excuses. Reggie has got to make these picks count. We need three to five. I know it's a miracle starters here, and he needs to get it together yesterday. This team that he fields, in 2014 will be the basis of a championship team or it'll be the end of his regime. There's no two ways about it in my mind. He better get this damn draft straight. 
That's why I'm not too concerned about who we get. He better be more concerned about who we get because his job is on a damn line, and that is all I have to say about that. I would like to take this opportunity to wish my very best and solemn condolences to uh, Raider Chris from Scranton, PA, his family. His mother just passed away. Uh, My heart goes out to all of them. Anyone who's lost a parent feels me. Uh, You know exactly what he's going through. And let's throw some prayers out that way. Raider Chris, love you, brother. A great contributor here to the Raider Nation podcast. We say this with a heavy heart. God bless, my friend. All right. It's time for the bone line. <laughs> 1-800-620-7181-1-800-620-7181-Get on the bone line. It is the off season, but we ain't off, folks. There is stuff uh, happening. What's going on? Your draft picks. What about free agency? I know how the Raider Nation rolls, and that's how we be doing it. Even though Randy has moved to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, he is still putting up www.raidernationpodcast.com. Check it out. The news is there. The form is there. Everything is there for your dancing and listening Raider pleasure. That's for show. All right, let's get to the bone line. Who is up? We have Raider Nation Joe. What's up, Joe? <laughs> hey, what up, Raider Nation? This is Raider Nation Joe. Raider Joe. Crossbone Joe. Whatever you want to call me, man. I bleed silver and black. I'm two decades years old. Been born and raised in a 49er and Pittsburgh Steeler household. I am the only one that bleeds silver and black, baby. Oh, it's a thing of beauty. I've been a fan since Rice was traded. Um, Unfortunately, before that, I didn't have a team, but I was a huge Rice fan. So thanks to me meeting him twice, as I said, I now bleed silver and black. Anyways, I would like to talk about the quarterback situation here in Oakland. I am not so much a fan of Pryor. I mean, he showed flashes of brilliance at the beginning of the year, but then he kind of swayed into a more one-dimensional path. And I don't know exactly if that's more his style of play or if it was just the play calls that they set up for him. I am a far bigger fan of the pocket passer in McGloin. Um, you know, I, I'd be willing to see them bring in a big-body quarterback like Josh Freeman of any of the available free agent quarterbacks because, God, it would be awful to have Castle or, or McCoy. But anyways, um, also Freeman, um, when he was actually good in Tampa Bay, his offensive coordinator was none other than Greg Olson. So why not give him a shot? Uh, Any of the quarterbacks in the draft, I'm not too convinced on any of them. Oh, Bridgewater, 
uh, no Manzio, Manzello. Not so much convinced on any of them. I think they need to focus more on the defense and uh, keep McGloin, maybe bring in Freeman, as I said, and uh, we could have ourselves a pretty good team. Um, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, I believe in McKenzie. I know it's been rough, but I believe he really does know what he's doing and what is best for Raider Nation. And uh, that's all I got to say about that. Y'all have a good one. Go Raiders, baby. Just win. Well, I don't think Pryor will be here. I think McGloin will be here because he showed that he should be, at least for a backup, if any. No thank you to Josh Freeman for me. He's a head case. I don't care who was his coach. It doesn't make any difference. Uh, Michael Vick, I want to say no to that too. Uh, McClown, McGloin, McGloin. Josh McCown. Uh, McClown, that's the guy. Josh McCown is good enough to join us, former Raiders Josh quarterback. Hey, yeah, he was uh, with the Niners briefly as well and had an amazing year last year with the uh, Bears, and he's good enough to join us. Josh, how are you? I'm doing well, guys. How you guys doing? Hey, Josh, great. great Papa here, man. What a what a year you had last year. Where where we saw you play well with the Raiders in '07, but to watch you play last year, so many big time throws. Was it Mark Tressman? Was it this point in your career at age 33? What was it last year where it all fell into place for you? You know what? Yeah, it's a collection of things I, I think, and and uh, you, you know you, I appreciate uh, your your gracefulness. Um, the the ball I played in Oakland was not near what, <laughs> what I played this past season, and yeah. and uh, so there were there were flashes at times. But you know, it's just things coming together. I think sometimes you feel like you know, as a player, you you have pieces in place. You know, maybe you have the players, but but somehow the system is not right, and then sometimes you have the system, and somehow the you know you just don't have. Maybe you're missing a key wide out or a key lineman or, or you know, just the pieces aren't right. And for me, uh, at this point in, in, in my journey, it just kind of intersected and, and the timing was right. Uh, you know, uh, Aaron Cromer's system that he brought from New Orleans and, and the way that Mark Trestman calls the plays and just his whole, you know, philosophical approach to the game in general as a head coach, it all just hit my brain and hit hit my spirit the way – you know the way that I see things should be. It's just kind of connected, and then and then uh, and then obviously, you know, you can't say enough about the talent um, that we get to play with um, with Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, Martellus Bennett, Matt Forte, and the list goes on. And then and then not enough really gets said about the guys up front. I mean, you know, for Phil Emery go out and pick Kyle Long and and uh, and Jordan Mills and, and to put together the offensive line that we did signing Jamon Bushrod. So all of that. You know, said I think it's just that it's just you know being at the right place at the right time, and certainly there are things that along my journey that I've learned, um, whether it's an experience in Oakland or Arizona or Detroit, or you know I won't go down that list because we don't have enough time. But, uh, <laughs> but Hartford you know, of the USL, you keep going if you want. Yeah, exactly. You know, so there's there's things that you learn, and and there's things that you learn from 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 being around a guy like Kurt Warner and, and, and John Kitna and, and just people, you know, Chad Pennington, they're just for, for literally three weeks in, in, in Miami before I got traded. There's things that you learn along the way that you just take, and, and you don't know when those things are going to pop back up or, or, or bear fruit. And, and so I'm just I'm, I'm thankful, very thankful that, that I had the opportunity last, last year to see some of those things come to fruition and, and, uh, and you know, just enjoyed being a part of my team. Josh McCown is going to have to join us uh, last year with the Bears. 13 touchdowns, one interception, filling in 
for uh, Jay Cutler. Now he's a free agent. You know, Josh, we were talking about this yesterday. Rich Gannon, when he came to the Raiders, was 34 years old, and his career really took off. Uh, we are so quick in the media to judge quarterbacks, and even in the league, if you don't make it in the first couple of years, people just you know they discard you and they move on to the next guy. Is it also a case, in addition to all the other things you just said there and everybody around you in the right situation and Tressman and so forth, that at 34, though, also that, that you really get how to play the position? Oh, no question. And that's what I mean. I think it's it's guys that I've been around that, you know, for whatever reason, I wasn't able to put that all, you know, what they were telling me at the time, I wasn't able to put it all together or it didn't click or it clicked, but I wasn't playing. So I couldn't, I couldn't put it out there. I couldn't, I couldn't exercise the things that I was being told because I was not the starter. I was a backup, you know? So I think it's several things, but there's no question um, that, 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 you know, I, I just, I don't want to look back and, or, or just say, Hey, you know what? This is all, you know, I've been, you know, I've been able to play at this level the whole time and it's everybody else's fault. That That's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I've, I've, uh, matured so much just, you know, as a person and as a player that there are definitely things that I look back on, you know, and, and for me, just having played the game, you know, I, it wasn't like I went out there, you know, and had not played and, and, you know, and, and, you know, was able to, to put some, some good things out there this year. I mean, I, I played before, you know. I mean, you guys obviously know being in mm-hmm. Oakland. And, and so uh, so there's just experience that I've had that it's just, you know, it's just taken me, you know, this road to kind of get back on the field to, to kind of put to work some of these things that you look back and you learn from. So, uh, but I definitely think I've, I've grown as a player. And, and I think, you know, just as a person in general, in life, if you if you if you kind of start coasting and go, I got it, or I figured it out, or I've got everything, it, you know, it, it tends to you t- tend to get you know popped in the butt pretty good if you think if you think you figure everything out. And I think it's bad for us. I think I think you just it's not good for us emotionally to just kind of you know stop learning, stop trying. So even at, at 34, for me, just to fire to continue to learn and try to grow as a player and, and to know. There's things I can get better at, and when I listen to interviews, you know, whether it's Drew Brees or Peyton Manning and, and Tom Brady, and those guys, you know, having the utmost respect for those guys, and those guys going, I need to get better at this. I need to work on this. Um, so for a guy like me, you go, if that guy's saying that, you know, at, at 35, 36, 37, if he's saying he can still get better and he's already accomplished so much, you know, then then there's so much for me to learn still. And so I think that's the idea is just to continue to try to grow as a player no matter what your age is and and – and I think for me, that's what maybe helped me a little bit this year, is just my openness to try to continue to improve. All right, so what's the next chapter, Josh? Are you content being a backup quarterback, maybe going back to Chicago and backup Cutler and reunite with uh, Aaron and, and Mark Tressman, or, or would you like to get a chance to have your own team and be a starting quarterback again? You know, it, it's a really good question. I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll put it, you know, kind of in, in two parts. You know, as a competitor, you're never content. So obviously, you wanna you wanna be able to you know have your own shot and and affect the game and all that. I'll say this though, you know, I'm very loyal and I'm very content in that situation. Those pieces, that offense, and and, and the guys around me, my relationship with Jay and all that. It's it's hard to want to go anywhere else, you know, because because you have this this structure in place and and. Um, I've changed offensive coordinators every year of my career since I was a junior in high school. Wow. And so for me to go, hey, you know, it would be fun to just kind of go through an offseason just studying the offense that I already know instead of trying to learn a new one. 
th- that's intriguing, <laughs> you know, and and uh, and so on and so forth. But but at the same time, there's also a, a part of me that sits here and, and realizes this is probably not going to happen again in my career realistically. I mean, could I be sitting here next year with the same thing? Yeah, maybe so, or, or two years from now, maybe so. But I'm not getting any younger, and, and so um, so the opportunity to start and to play, it, you know, I don't know if that's going to come about or not. It's certainly flattering, and, and, and it's an honor, you know, and a privilege to be a starting quarterback, you know, in the NFL. And so it's it's not a consideration that I would take lightly. Um, but I would just want to, you know, look at, you know, what everything encompasses with that team, with that situation, and, and you know, is there a chance to go in and, and, and you know, kind of – there's a standard in the way, you know, that I've gone about things this year that I've kind of – you know, got set in place, and and is this a place where I can go in and do you know same study habits and and the same kind of approach and and feel like I can go into the games prepared and, and ready to go? Uh, so that would you know obviously be you know a, a heavy you know sticking point for me. But yeah, I mean, I would I would I've said it before. I mean, it would be silly not to not to at a minimum look at these you know at these situations as they come. Uh, but again, there's there's a huge comfort level with Chicago and 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 being there. So um, so I'll just you know we'll see what happens with with the future and and how all that goes. When you look at quarterback situations where you come in and win a job, Oakland's pretty wide open. Would you consider coming back and playing for the Raiders? Oh uh, yeah, I think you know nothing's off the table. Obviously, I I, I would never say never uh, with anything. Um, that that's a that's a little bit of a different commute from. <laughs> Me and my family, but 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 that being said, that's what I was saying is just it doesn't really matter where it is if it's the right if it's the right situation. And so it was, you know, I, I will, you know, again, if somebody says, "Hey, come compete to be a starter," you, you know, like I said, in this league, it's so hard. And, and just even with my journey the last few years of kind of being out and in and out and and uh, so on and so forth, it, it's it would be you know silly and and you know borderline disrespectful not to not to at least listen to those you know and have those conversations with with those teams if it does come about you know and i and i don't you know i don't know you know if those things are going to happen or not but but um but we we certainly loved our time there in pleasanton um we we loved living out there and and uh and uh you know it was a you know i guess coming from texas and and just you know one of those you kind of I don't know if I ever really envisioned myself living in California and and you know when we lived out there for that year we really liked it we we enjoyed being out there and and uh and certainly you know a cool part of my journey is to say I've been a part of Raider Nation uh you know no doubt about that so um so yeah I mean you know obviously it'd be you know an honor to 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 have those conversations we'll just see see what happens um but but yeah nothing I don't think anything would necessarily be off the table for us Josh, great stuff. Thank you for a few minutes of your time. We really appreciate it, and uh, good luck wherever you end up. Oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. You got it. Congratulations, man. You played great great this year. Just great. You know, I think we go out, we draft a couple in the later rounds. Derek Carr, perhaps. Um, There's a couple more guys that, that have a little bit more size. Hey, man, we got to get the defense figured out. I know we need a quarterback, but I just don't see one in this draft. But there might be. Let's look down the line. I hope we trade down for more picks. Thank you, brother. Next, my good brother, Raider Todd from Fresno, man. He's on the road. What's up, brother? Raider Nation. 
What's going on, Raider Greg and Raider Randy? This is Raider Todd again. I'm sitting at home, a little under the weather, but I'm getting ready to get back on this road. Like I said in my last comment on the bowl line, I was watching the Super Bowl and I won a ton of money off of them. No, I don't like the Seacocks, but I went for them. I won a ton of money. But anyway, I was glad that Horseface Elway or Horsemouth, they lost again. Thought they that Peyton Manning would be the, the savior, and they didn't do it. That Omaha, but when Sherman them came, it was like, oh, shit. They look like the Raiders of old. I agree with you, Raider Greg. Tough and grimy, hitting hard like Jack Tatum and Atkinson used to do, John Matuzak and the stork Ted Hendricks. But anyway, we need to get rid of those coaches. That's what we need. But also we need some defensive backs. We need a secondary that's going to be headhunters, man. Just come in and wanting to play football and study. They need to let the secondary and those linebackers watch tapes of Raiders from the 70s when we had, when football was football, we had real headhunters on the team. Yes, build around Terrell Price, a new age quarterback where they run the option and everything. Turn the guy loose for one time. That would be dumb to get rid of him. And keep my man Charles Wilson. I guarantee you, he could coach some of those youngsters and be a role model for some of them youngsters in the secondary and take them up on this wing. Just give them a chance. We need to concentrate on that defense and get Houston some help. That's all we need. We need our secondary just studying tapes from old. And if there's any way possible, go grab a good coach. I just want to win. I'm tired of having losing season. I stay Raider down. I got a Raider beanie and everything. I was up in Dallas when I had to deliver a load up in Dallas. I had pictures of me in all my Raider gear, Raider necklace, Raider beanies, gloves, the whole nine. And I was up there clowning them cowgirl fans. I'm a diehard Raider fan. That defense needs to get tough. We need to get Houston and my man Wilson some help. And if we straighten up that defense and just let Terrell Pryor be turned loose for once, the guy haven't had a fair shake since he's been there, like I said. We took Carson Palmer and wasted all that money in those picks. When he traded Carson Palmer off, they could have got a better deal. But I don't know what Mr. McKenzie is doing, but I hope he get it right this year because I'm tired of losing. And whoever that dude was talking about Sherman, that dude is good. I want us to get somebody like him shut down, shut down corner. We had one, but he wanted to go test the free agent markets. Nandiazawa. I think that was the dumbest thing that we could have did was let him go even though he was injury-prone last year. That's just karma for leaving the Raider Nation. But I don't wish nothing bad on 
No players. I don't wish no players to get hurt. God bless. I'm out. This is Raider Todd from Fresno. I got to get back on the road. Driving these rigs. I'm out. No, man. Terrell Pryor, he ain't going to be here. Uh, the coach will be here one more season, along with the general manager. I hope they don't win, uh, that Mark fires both their ass. And, uh, yeah, I don't think Pryor's the answer. They don't either. You'll see with the draft. I don't know who they're going to bring in. But whoever it is, I mean, a backup quarterback is fine. I mean, this is not a draft full of heroes. So let's draft a couple of guys in the later rounds and uh, keep McGloin and uh, move on. That's what I think. Work on our defense. Keep our defense going. Get some good defensive linemen. Help Lamar Houston. Let's get some depth. That's what I'm saying. Thanks for the call, brother. And next we have Houston Raider Steve. The guy is just a wealth of Raider knowledge. Check him out. Raider Nation, this is Houston Raider Steve. Boy, that was great getting Ray Guy in the Hall of Fame, wasn't it? Only NFL player that I know of, that I've heard of, that ever uh, hit the gondola was fun in the Louisiana Superdome. First and only, as far as I remember. Long overdue. And I'm just glad that he got in, as we all are. And I tell you what, we need to get Kenny Stabler in the Hall of Fame. They've got a rule that with the seniors committee, you have to be out of the league for 25 years, and his 25th year will be 2019 for the seniors committee. They said NFL Insider said he's a slam dunk again in 2019. Only player to play in five consecutive championship games from 73 to 77. Three of those games were against the Steelers. Actually, four of those games, I believe. Four of those games. Three of, the, three of those we lost to Pittsburgh. They became, obviously, the Super Bowl champs. 76-16, we beat the Steelers in Oakland to go to the Super Bowl. And, of course, they won the Super Bowl. And then the next year, they played the Denver Broncos at the old mile high, and they lost. And Denver went on to lose the Super Bowl against the Dallas Cowboys. Louisiana Superdome, as far as I remember. We need to get Lester Hazelman, Houston native. And uh, we also need to get Jim Plunkett in. We need to get Tom Flores in. Hopefully with uh, the drought that we had for such a long time with the Raiders, the Hall of Fame selection process, maybe we can, maybe with Ray Guy, they'll be the start of the, the Raiders getting in. It's been more than overdue. I was excited for Mr. Guy. Excited for Raider fan. I know you all will be out there. As many people as can possible can get up to Canton for that induction weekend. I'm excited about the team this year. Got, what, 60-plus million under the cap. This is like Greg said and Randy said, this is the finals this, this year with uh, Reggie and also our coach, Coach Allen, see if they can go out and get the players that we need to. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Pryor. And with McFadden, I think one or both of them will be gone, possibly both. But anyway, so glad to see Seattle win the Super Bowl. I know we all were. Maybe Tom Jackson and uh, Mark Schlereth and all these other idiots will finally shut up. You know, Schlereth had them winning by 13 points. when they uh, Seattle, when they ran back that kickoff to begin the second half, that was the end of the game. So fortunate the most exciting part of the whole afternoon was the uh, – 
Bruno Mars halftime show. Went downhill after that. Anyway, to all my brothers and sisters, fans and friends for life, can't wait to see you all. And go Raiders! Well, I hope so, because if Mark Davis doesn't fire both these guys and this season ain't good, well, then uh, we got some trouble. So I think it's a, it's a, a sure bet either we'll do very well or we'll have a new staff. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. Thanks for the call, man. Hold on to your damn seats, because here comes Rita Mystic. As he likes to say, this is this is his diehard Raider from the born Raider Nation, Bend, Oregon Raider Nation fan club. Well, listen to it. What's up, Raider Nation? Raider. <laughs> Representing the Bend, Oregon Raider Nation right here in the heart of Oregon. Boom, 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 boom. Anyways, man, I just wanted to call just to call. That's all. You know, I feel like, uh, you know, I need my oxygen and I'm not getting it, but I need it to survive. I need my Raiders and I'm just not getting it. But the Raider Nation podcast is still surviving, giving me some fresh takes, some fresh news. We're on Facebook updating each other's statuses, talking this and talking that. And, uh, man, lots of stuff going on in None of it. Nobody knows anything of what the fuck's going to happen because we don't know. We don't know these dudes. We don't know how Richie McKenzie's going to play the cards. We don't know what's going to go on with Dennis Allen. All the unknown. We are still living in a mysterious time. And believe me, Raider Mystic knows mysterism, if that even exists. Anyways, I just wanted to give a shout-out. Say, hey, Raider Greg. And Raider Randy, we love you. We listen. I know a lot of guys in the Bend, Oregon Raider Nation listen to the podcast, as I've mentioned before. And, uh, yeah, all kinds of football shit I could get into. Is McFadden, what McFadden, Jennings this, Valdir what, no franchise tag, who's going to do, you know, all that shit. But I'm not going to get into it. I'm just going to say, hey, Khalif Barnes, Woohoo! Well, thank you for the props, brother. Yes, there is news and there is no news. No news on a stadium and news that we we got Trent Edwards, Khalif Barnes, and uh, Taiwan Jones signed by, well, right now it's March 1st. He has till the 3rd of March, and well, we'll see. Um, I'm pretty blown away on the silence of the land <laughs> over there in Alameda. We'll see. And thank you for the call, my brother. And next we have Raider Todd from Long Beach, California. What is up, brother? Hey there, Raider Greg. This is uh, Raider Todd from Long Beach. And uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, I've got some plans about what the Raiders should do in the off season. Um, basically let's, let's start on the offense, you know, before the draft, I don't think picking at five, they're going to get Bridgewater or Bortles. I, you know, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Manzi will be around. And uh, so I think I'm pretty sure Reggie's going to go with Josh Freeman. They're going to grab a free agent 
maybe draft a quarterback in, you know, third round, fourth round, um, and then, you know, have him compete with McGloin. Uh, I think McGloin's really a solid number two, but I, I honestly think they're going to go Freeman. I don't think that's such a horrible idea. He might be the best free agent out there. Everybody's talking about McCowan, but remember when McCowan was here a couple of years ago? I didn't see anything that special. Um, so I think that's going to be the plan. I think they're going to go, you know, get somebody on the D line or get a big uh, offensive lineman uh, with the with their first pick. And for the O line, I think they got to re-sign Valdir for sure, um, and then get somebody in the you know top one or two rounds of the draft in the O line. And they're going to need to spend some money on one more big time free agent. But we got the money. I think that's what we should do. Then you'll have Wiz there. You'll have uh, Valdir. A couple new guys. I think that's a good start. Uh, wide receiver. I don't think it's our greatest need because you got Streeter, Moore, Andre Holmes came on strong next year. I think there's other places to spend the money. Maybe grab a wide receiver late in the draft. Um, for running back, I think we got to re-sign Jennings. Uh, I think Jennings was good. I don't think there's that many great free agents out there. Most of them are, you know, used goods, washed up. Uh, Latavius Murray. A lot of people are high on him. And uh, I think they got to let McFadden walk because he's whether it was Greg Knapp's scheme or not, he's still got three yards to carry. So, you know, it might have just been Darren McFadden over the last two years, let's be honest. Uh, I know he's a good team guy. Uh, he's cool out of the wildcat, but I don't see him on the team unless for the league minimum. On the other side of the ball, the biggest need is going to be the D-line. I know Houston's going to want a lot of money, and so it's Sims, and, you know, they might be worth it. Cause if not, they're going to have to spend money on four more guys because Walker and Hunter, I don't think, are cutting it as starters. Um, so they're going to have to spend some money there and then spend some money on another free agent to come in um, to shore up that line because the whole defense doesn't work unless you have pressure up front. Uh, I think Houston's a great player, so I think we definitely got to keep on to him, got to hold on to him, and then also draft a guy high up the D-line to build for the future. Um, I'm thinking maybe, you know, first pick, second pick definitely has to be, you know, one D-liner and a line guy. At corner, I say we either re-sign Jennings or Porter or sign both of them and have one of them be a, be a backup and get a bigger name to come in, maybe Dominic Rogers, cromarty uh, We need to have somebody on the other side uh, that's better than Porter or Jenkins, but I think it's a number two corner. I think, you know, both of those guys would suffice. For safety, Got to re-sign Woodson. Uh, he played pretty well. Branch is great. And then bring in some rookies that Wood can train, Woodson can train for the future. Um, I go with the draft pick there. And then uh, I actually think the linebacker core is pretty damn good with uh, Roach, Burnett, and uh, C.O. Moore. I think they just need to add depth. So, you know, Greg, tell me how you feel about this. I, I'd like to know you take do a position-by-position breakdown and see where we need to improve. But I think, you know, being conservative, spending money in the right spots, drafting in the right spots, and uh, not not taking a quarterback and then trying to run with him starting the first game of the year in the draft without spending time on the bench. I think that's a smart way to go when you have so many needs. Uh, and then also, I think it's time to move on from prior. People are saying, oh, let him develop. Oh, let him develop. But when you're going to your fourth year, you are what you are. You know, and even when they had a good defensive or a good, good O-line or semi-good O-line towards the end of the year, you watch that last start, and honestly, this is going to hurt some people's feelings, but his passes and his poor decision-making, it, it was like watching Jamarcus back there. I know that's going to set the Raider Nation off. I'm sorry, but I call it as I see it. I love Pryor in the beginning of the year, but I really don't think, uh, I really don't think he, he's, he's going to cut it in the end. 
But I, I hope that if they do get rid of him, they give him to somebody that'll maybe give him another shot somewhere else. I think he's a great guy, and he had some flashes of brilliance, but I really don't think he's the Raiders guy for the future. All right, plus we need somebody more consistent if we're going to build for the future. It's time to win now, Greg. Okay, Greg, uh, great talking to you. Go Raiders, and uh, bye. Well, that was a great breakdown by position of what we have and what we might need. Well, <laughs> QB is what we need on the offense, really above every other position, including offensive line. We need to get a quarterback that we can start to groom, as you say, for sure. He could be in this draft, could be in the third, fourth, fifth round. You never know because there is talent in this group of young men. There always is. You can't pick them all for sure. You know it's a crapshoot. I agree with our linebacker, Corby, and Pretty awesome. There's a lot of room room there. There's a lot of guys out there that we could pick up to help. Uh, defensive backs, I'm still not, you know, we have to take a look at what we have in Hayden. We had, we also have Chimdi Chikwa, who is actually getting much better. We still have young players that are developing in that position. So I think uh, defensive end is another place we need a little bit of help. Even Oshbury seemed to be coming on a little bit last year. We'll see, but we should be looking at that position as a position of improvement as well as our offensive and defensive line. Can't go wrong either way. Look, man, that's why I say trade down. We do not have a foundation of players yet. Free agency isn't even over, and we got three guys signed. Khalif Barnes, Trent Edwards, and Taiwan Jones. Please. If this is the way, well, I, you know, this might be the strategy for McKenzie. I can't second guess him. But I know this. I'm pretty uh, bummed out so far. I'm not feeling real excited about the action in Alameda or lack thereof. Great call, bro. Thank you. And next, we have a very good contributor to this show. I'm proud to call him my friend. That is Autumn Wynn Williams. What's going on, man? What's up, Raider Greg? This Autumn Wynn Williams. Throwing my bones down on the Raider Nation. I know a lot of people pissed off at the damn near, what, $5 million that Taiwan Jones is about to get. But the thing is, what I look at is how much of a Raider Taiwan Jones wants to be. He went from running back to cornerback last season. Everybody said he got burnt. But you look at his first fucking season as a cornerback. I think he did an okay job. Special teams, we need him. He's a monster on special teams. I'm looking at Facebook, everybody bitching all fucking day about Taiwan Jones. All I got to say is, Raider to fuck up, man. I'm 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 really frustrated with the Raider Nation getting pissed off about things that actually help in our organization. You know, Taiwan Jones, he he does need to remain on special teams. I think he deserves a chance to be a cornerback with the Oakland Raiders next year. I wouldn't I wouldn't probably sign up for four years, maybe a three year deal, two years, something like that. But, you know, the man is is trying. And I feel like the 
the fans, man, out there need to really give our fan, uh, our players a chance. You know, we got some good players, some some free agents that we need to keep. I want to see Valdir. I want to see Houston. I want to. I definitely want to see Jennings come back, and also uh, Tracy Porter. But um, you know, I, I just want. <clears throat> excuse me. I just want everybody that's actually a fan of the Raiders start supporting their their players more, and stop bashing them, especially the quarterback controversy. Everybody want Pryor or McGlowan or they, they want Mark Sanchez or Shops to come in. We need to support whoever's going to be on the fucking field, man. We trying to win games. We can't just keep on going at it on whoever we like the most. Raider the fuck up. I'm out. Raider the fuck up. I like it. Yeah, Taiwan Jones, man, I'm not complaining about his money. Oh, no, that's not very much for a guy. Let's not forget last year how much of a gunner he was. He was crazy. He stopped guys very, very short of the 20 many times last year. He's a multi-positional player on special teams. He's someone they have to account for, and I believe he deserves the money. Problem I have is they're not giving out enough money. we got to sign some damn players here. On the quarterback controversy, it's not personal. Some fans like these quarterbacks, some like those quarterbacks, some like this and that. We got to find the quarterback, our franchise guy, where there is no question that he is our quarterback in all the fans' minds. That's for sure. Well, man, the other thing with this whole situation is the frustration the fans are having right now, and I'm sure you are too, with no word on signings. Valdir, Houston, and yeah, you know, Taiwan Jones is a signing, but that's the those are the names that we're looking to hear. Those are the names, Jennings. We need these guys to be on board for next season uh, because we all believe that they have way more to contribute for this team. I think that's what the Facebook issue is. I think it's more frustration with the lack of movement with the organization than it is with an individual player. I I agree that it's a little mu- much, a little bit too much, but uh, these people will shut up once they start seeing him play next season, brother. Thanks for the call, man. Well, here comes Autumn Wynn Williams after this next signing, and I'm sure you will all understand. <laughs> Go for it, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm heated, man. I'm heated. This Autumn Wynn Williams. Uh, yeah, Taiwan Jones, I'm backing up. Khalif Barnes, hell the fuck no, man. Y'all know how I feel about Khalif Barnes, Mr. Offsides, false start, whatever. I know Reggie said we was going to Walmart for a little bit, but we didn't need to get this rollback special, man. Khalif Barnes caused us enough penalties. Yeah, he improved this year a little bit. I said a little bit. But why the fuck did we re-sign him? It better be for cheap. I don't know how much money we re-signed him for. I'm hoping it's a one-year contract. I haven't heard much about the whole entire verbiage of the contract. But Khalif Barnes, for one more year... Man, I'm about to have a 
fucking heart attack. Really, man? Come on, Reggie. Come on, Mark. Come on, Dennis. Khalif Barnes. Shit. I'm out. That's exactly what I thought. They re-signed the false start machine. He is the king of penalties as far as I'm concerned. I can't remember a lineman for the Raiders that stayed on the team that committed so many freaking penalties. Come on, man. I mean, really? (laughs) Khalif Barnes? Does this mean that we're not going to get any offensive line help? Even if they sign him for a minimum, could it possibly be that they're going to cut him in camp? I don't know. He could be a camp substitute or a camp guy. I don't know. But there you go. (laughs) I think it's funny, man. (laughs) See what I mean? Now you're in the club. Thanks for the call, man. That was classic. Well, Raider Nation, we are on the verge of some movement, I am sure. There's got to be some signings or we're going to have some problems with players we should keep. That is Reggie's job. It ain't mine and it ain't yours. But I'd sure like to hear a little bit more movement when it comes to Reggie. A little bit more about the the team that we're going to have. We won't see it because we got 18. That's right. 18 free agents heading out the door if we don't grab them and make them sign a piece of paper. (laughs) Well, until there's some more news, which should be coming up real quick here close to the deadline of the franchise tag, I am Raider Greg, and I am out. Out.